Hi, everybody. Before we get into this episode, I had to let you know, like I'm literally bursting at the seams, that on March 13th, Scouts Agency is launching something major. We have been working on this for months, all with the intention to serve your business expansion and catapult your brand awareness. Now, If you want to have first access at our early bird pricing plus access to bonuses, sign up on our waitlist at scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. There will be limited spots available, so if you've been ready to go from the plateaued business owner to the visible visionary, you're going to want first access. Again, that's scoutsagency.com slash waitlist. S-C-O-U-T-S-A-G-E-N-C-Y dot com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Scout Sobel, and welcome to the Emotional Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast where we talk business strategy while also vulnerably connecting on emotional resilience. As the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, a female-focused agency where we get women as guests on podcasts, and someone who has suffered from, managed, and lived with bipolar disorder, the intersection of mental health and entrepreneurship is where I find my success. If you are here, it is because you are ready to feel safe in your emotions so that you can live your life of purpose. Let's get into the inspiration, shall we? Surprise! Happy Friday and welcome to a bonus episode that I spontaneously decided to drop in honor of the fact that this month we are celebrating Scouts Agency's third birthday. By the time you are listening to this, I will be packing up and getting on the road to Joshua Tree, me and the entire team, all seven of us are going out there for a team retreat, a team holiday weekend celebration in the most beautiful Airbnb to celebrate the fact that three years ago, I started Scouts Agency with an Excel spreadsheet of a thousand women that I wanted to represent and work with. And that's really where this all started. Well, really where this all started was podcasting when I hopped behind the mic with my sister on OKSIS podcast. But In honor of a month-long celebration that I'm going to be engaging in and kind of kick-starting it today with our Joshua Tree uh, little team weekend together, I decided to drop this episode. This episode is a recording of a master class that I hosted back in December. The masterclass was all about how a podcast strategy can propel your career forward. We had over 50 women sign up for this masterclass and my director of clients at Scott's Agency, Heather, was re-watching it the other week and she found so many good gems in it. Such good tangible experience and advice anecdotes and examples of the power of podcasting that I not only preach at Scouts Agency and serve our clients through that process, but also something obviously I preach here on the Emotional Entrepreneur podcast. So this masterclass that I hosted was all around how a podcast strategy can propel your career forward. And 
at the end, the women were asking so many questions, which we kept in. I edited it down a little bit because obviously in a live masterclass, there's a lot of pauses or maybe the technology's not working or someone freezes. So I did my best to kind of remove those moments for you so that it is a really nice, smooth audio experience. I was not using a microphone, so I apologize on that one. Um, but basically in this pre-recorded masterclass that I am re-releasing here for all of you listeners, uh, this is what you can expect. I talk about how podcasting changed my career from OKSIS to Scott's agency to the Emotional Entrepreneur book and podcast. I talk about how I've seen podcasting change my clients' careers. I talk about the two strategies for you to really jump into the podcast space, being starting your own podcast or being a guest on podcasts. And I give some examples of what the fruits are of your podcasting labor. Then after that, I did a Q&A with the women who attended live and I left those in because I really felt as if the questions were so specific and supportive. And if you are in the podcasting space or you are a female entrepreneur that wants to be a guest on podcasts, if you're even having the inkling of thinking about starting a podcast, this episode is for you because we go we break down, I break down very, very specifically the magic of this industry. So I'm really excited to re-release this. This is not something I've ever done. I've never posted publicly a masterclass that I've ever hosted. So if this really speaks to you and you find it valuable, I would be really honored if you would sign up for my newsletter, which I will leave uh, a link to do that in the show notes, or you can go to my Instagram at Scout Sobel. You can sign up there at the link in my bio. I announce all of these masterclasses, uh, live opportunities to hop on and do Q&As with me there. So that's the best place to find out about all of my offerings first. And of course, if you want to come watch me and the team frolic around Joshua Tree in the most beautiful Airbnb, follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. It is going to be a magical, magical weekend. So with that, I hope that this masterclass brings you value. I hope it inspires you to hop into the podcasting platform and create a podcast strategy for your brand. Oh, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited. Feel free to use the chat whenever you need to connect with one another, to put your questions in as they come up and Danielle will um, record them and save them for the end. The way this is going to work is I'm going to go through a little presentation, a little PDF slide. And we're going to talk about first how podcasting gave my career, gave me my career. And then I'm going to go into the strategies that you can implement. So welcome everybody to how a podcast strategy can propel your career forward. I am Scout Sobel. I am the CEO and founder of Scouts Agency, which is a female focused PR agency, which specializes in getting women as guests on podcasts. We run the highest profile podcast tours in the game. This year alone, we booked over 300 podcast episodes uh, for our female clients, which boggles my mind. I am also the host of the Emotional Entrepreneur podcast, the best-selling author of the Emotional Entrepreneur. And as you will shortly learn where this all started was that I am also the co-host of OKSIS podcast with my sister who is in the room. Hi, Mads. Okay, so let's go over. I'm going to give a I'm going to give a summary to kind of show the trajectory of my career and how podcasting played a role in that. I want you all to keep in mind that my entire career is podcasting pretty much at this point, working in the industry, being a host, being a guest, 
And so while I've taken a very obviously intensive approach, there's so many aspects that you can plug and play into your business and personal brand. So many of our clients come to us with a fully formed business where they have a marketing plan and they have a social plan and they come to us to just kind of come in for four months, get the podcast strategy hot and get out. So a lot of these things that I'm going to talk about can be a one and done strategy for you, or you can integrate it a lot more into your career. kind of want to do this. So I feel like I'm seeing somebody that I'm talking to here. Okay. So three, over three years ago, I hopped on a mic with my sister at OKSIS podcast. We started August of 2018, and we were two sisters who, you know, were working, figuring out our careers, but I would definitely say that we were, we didn't, we didn't find our group. We hadn't found our passion without in our careers, and we also didn't really have an audience. We weren't influencers, content creators, or personal brands at all by that time, but we decided to start, and we decided to treat it like a business. And what we found very, very quickly is that we were getting into the rooms with women that we had only dreamed about talking to. I remember about three months into OKSIS podcast, I was sitting in Vanessa Grimaldi's hotel room interviewing her. For those who don't know, she quote unquote won RE, no, won Nick Vial season of The Bachelor. And here I am with a reality star that I never even thought I would have the opportunity to talk to or see. And she was spending an entire hour with us, letting us interview her. That's when my ears perked up and realized, started to realize the power of podcasting. You know, to, in today's age, asking to pick your brain or asking to take someone that you admire out to coffee, it's, it's a little taboo. People don't really like it because it doesn't feel like a fair exchange of value on both ends. So having a podcast like OK Sis allowed us to DM and email women that we never would have been able to talk to in the first place. And they willingly came on and gave us an hour of their time. We have interviewed women like Heather McMahon, Lauren Everts Bostic, Morgan Harper Nichols, Dr. Sheila Nazarian, Sivan Ayla, Amanda Stanton, Koya Webb. The list goes on and on. And I'll get into a little bit more about how me and my sister have cultivated the women that we have had as guests on our podcast towards furthering our career and our network. So I started OKSIS and I was recognizing that I was in the room with women that I really, really never thought I would have the opportunity to. And if you're starting to think about this, think about your industry. As a woman in STEM, what women do you want to talk to for an hour that could be sort of like a mentor? If you are in mental health, which people are pioneering that space that you would like to get into a room with and talk to directly. That's kind of one of the powers that I started seeing very early on. And then when we would have our guests on, we noticed that our community would follow them online, buy their products, sign up for their newsletter, become one-on-one -on -one retainer clients. And that's when it all kind of made sense that podcasting is I call it a scam because in no other world can you interview people like this. And on no other content channel can you have or listen to someone for 15, 30, 45, an hour. In that sense, in the marketing and exposure world, when you're thinking about your business, you have to capture people on an Instagram ad in three seconds or less. In a podcasting, people will listen to you for up to an hour. That kind of attention with a new audience is unheard of on other platforms. So I started Scout's Agency 
in this realm of podcasting, understanding the power of it. And to date, we've booked almost a thousand podcast episodes. We have been able to, because of my experience at OKSIS Podcast, because of the women that were connected to OKSIS Podcast as guests, my reputation in the space was already solidified. And we were able to represent women like Kat Sadler, Rebecca Minkoff, Kelly Baker, Vanessa Rossetto, Lauren McGoodwin, Demona Hoffman, uh, Ava Joanna, Natalia Benson, very, very quickly and become the leading agency for running podcast tours for women. But the fact that podcasting gave me my career was really solidified when I launched The Emotional Entrepreneur. So podcasting is a vehicle to get you in front of new audiences to then sell your services, sell a product, expand your community, et cetera. At that point, I had I was growing my community at OKSIS and I was taking one-on-one -on -one clients at Scouts Agency. But when I launched The Emotional Entrepreneur, I had a physical product that I could go to the podcast world and sell. So because of running OKSIS for three years, never missing an episode, never missing a week, sometimes doing two a week, so it's a grind. I'll be fucking honest, it's a grind. I was able to launch my book with a custom quote from a past OKSIS guest on every chapter. In my book alone, there was probably 5 million followers total from the women who were quoted. The week of launch, I had a party in Los Angeles, which it's difficult to get people out to a party in Los Angeles. I had women like Dr. Sheila Nazarian from Netflix show up to support me. I had women like Krista from Almost 30. I had Natalia Benson, Demona Hoffman, women from left and right who were guests on OKSIS podcast and connected with me and my sister on a deep level showed up to support me. They posted on stories, they tagged me, et cetera. That week alone, if you combine every single person that posted me, over 8 million followers combined. I have 4,000 followers, guys, 4,000. I did not pay a dime for that quote unquote influencer marketing because of the network that podcasting has given me, because that network is deep and authentic. It's not shallow. It's really allowing you to look at your guests and get to know them. So launching the emotional entrepreneur was this big aha moment of, I was able to launch it with a community behind me with OKSIS and with an insane network of women who were public figures in their business. So once that happened, I, I mean, Mads and I literally were talking, I think last week and we looked around and we said, podcast gave us all of this. She's launching Camber, the community, the sisterhood is getting behind her. Our guests are going to help promote and share and support her venture. So the community, the network, and what happens when you finally offer a service or product is really, really impactful. So that's a little bit about how podcasting changed my career. I'll give one more anecdote. I was on a call this morning with Danielle. She's in the office, in the office. She's in the Zoom. She is my assistant and brand manager. And we were going over some really insane things happening within my world, within Scouts Agency. You know, Kat Sadler asked me to be on her podcast. Alexis Haynes asked me to be on her podcast. We might be signing a celebrity client soon. And all of this really stemmed from the fact that I dedicated my career to getting on a mic with my sister at OKSIS. Now let's get into some of the ROI. I told you my ROI, which I think is beyond crazy for me, but let's 
talk about how we've seen podcasting change my clients. I've seen a client get verified on Instagram. Uh, one of my clients, Jessica Zweig, became the number one bestseller on Amazon because of an extensive podcast tour that we ran for her earlier this year. I've seen my clients sign high ticket private clients, and I'm talking like celebrity clients. I have seen my clients get their books endorsed by public figures. I'll give you an example. I put Sophia Amoroso as a guest on my client Maho's podcast, and they had such a great connection in the interview that Sophia Amoroso publicly endorsed Maho's book with a back cover blurb. It's like, it's, it's crazy, right? She was so excited when it happened. One of my clients, I booked an LA Times editor on her podcast. They hit it off so much that she now has a regular LA Times column. I have seen my client, Vanessa Rossetto, within eight months of working with us, grow her Instagram community from 13,000 Instagram followers to 20,000 Instagram followers. And I've seen a client get over 100, 100 client inquiries from appearing on one podcast. This is stuff that you just can't make up. It's because the connection that you have on, pod, on a podcast, that connection then promotes a further professional career, a further professional connection, and further professional opportunities. So there's two ways that we're going to talk about today on how to imp implement a podcast strategy. It's starting a podcast or being a guest on podcasts. And there are two very separate strategies that I feel like serve women at different points in their careers. I always say, you know, to do both is ideal, but I understand that content creation is a time commitment. And so we're going to be going over the pros and cons of each of these strategies to see where it fits really in your brand strategy. So starting your own podcast, I say, um, if there's anything a female founder should do in 2022, if she is public facing and her, you know, she is behind the brand in a very public way is to start a podcast. And before we even start about this, I want to reframe the ROI of starting a podcast. I don't believe that starting a podcast today to monetize off advertisements is the way to go. I don't think it's effective. I don't think it's a long-term strategy. And I don't think it'll catapult your career forward to insane lengths. Sure. If you get to a point where having advertisers on makes sense, take the ad money, right? But starting a podcast with the sole reason of I'm going to monetize off the podcast is a really nearsighted short-term goal. Podcasting, there's very few podcasters who make their entire career off podcasting. Almost 30 is an excellent example, but most people with podcasts, it's an extension of their brand. It's an extension of their business. So starting your own podcast will make you an authority figure in your own space. It will develop a much deeper connection with your community. Um, it will develop a stickier audience. You know, on Instagram, there's Luna. You guys will learn to know Luna. She shows up in all of my Zooms. Here she is. Everybody knows her. She likes being front and center. Okay, so it'll develop a sticky audience. If you are a content creator on Instagram, think about your most loyal follower. Think about the follower that engages the most with you. How, if you add it up in minutes, how long or what time span they interact with your content on a weekly basis, you know, a like takes two seconds, reading a post maybe takes three minutes, watching your stories is like, five minutes tops a day, 
you know, maybe if you're lucky, it's 30 minutes a week. If you're lucky, it's probably more like 10 and it's fleeting. It's scattered. One minute they're liking a photo. The next minute they're watching your Instagram stories. The next day they're reading your caption. When you have a podcast, you allow your most loyal audience, the people who are your people aligned with your mission and goal to listen to you for up to an hour, up to an hour consecutively every single week. Podcast listeners are like TV show listeners. So everyone knows, you know, I actually don't know. I think Bachelor got moved to Tuesday because I don't watch Bachelor anymore. But I think it used to be Bachelor Mondays. Like everybody knew and, you know, Shark Tank comes out on Fridays. It's the same thing for a podcast. People start to anticipate when your episodes are going to come out because they come out on the same time and day every week. And that develops an intense loyalty that is just not possible on other platforms such as Instagram. So there's the community building and the really, really deep authentic connections that you can take from your Instagram community and deepen. Then there is the intimate brand building. So a podcast really allows you to tell your brand story in a longer form way than just a caption that allows you. I just did an episode on the Emotional Entrepreneur podcast um, recapping Scouts Agency in 2021. I went through month by month and talked about the challenges, the growth strategies, and how I grew my team from basically a team of one to a team of six, and how we grew 60% this year. There is no other platform, you know, an Instagram caption can only do so much. And that was a 40 minute episode where people really got to delve into my experience growing Scouts Agency so they can extract the value and implement it into their own lives. And then of course, there's the network, which I talked about pretty extensively earlier with my own career. I think that if you are going to start your own podcast, be really, really innovative on how you can cultivate that network beyond that hour interview. How can you bring them into your community and not just have this one and done interview and then they had off for the day, right? Which is something me and Mads have been able to cultivate. So if you are wondering if starting your own podcast is for you, I would first get really clear on the time commitment. Since I always say, do not start a podcast if you cannot consistently post once a week. It's the most important thing in the platform. But if the time commitment feels good to you, starting your own podcast will provide an anchor for your community to really go deeper. It'll provide an opportunity for you to interview your role models in the industry and it will further flesh out your brand in a more authentic way. Being a podcast guest. So this is one, as I said earlier, one of our main services at Scouts Agency is running podcast tours. So I was on IG Live yesterday with Danielle, who's in here, my assistant and brand manager. And I asked her if she were to implement a podcast strategy into her personal brand, which one would she start with? And she said that since she doesn't feel as if she is more of a forward-facing person, starting a podcast felt maybe a little bit too vulnerable and a little bit too intimate and a little bit too divulging of her life constantly. And so she would actually rather be a podcast guest because it's a strategy you can tap into for a couple months and then take a step back, or you can be a guest on a couple, or you can be a guest on 30. This year, launching my book, I think I'm up to 50 podcasts that I was a guest on, which is absolutely fucking insane. Um, but this is really great because it provides that flexibility on the time commitment if that was what you were worried about starting a podcast. So as a podcast guest, you get to tell your story long, 
long form. You get to reach audiences that are not fleeting, but committed, you know, in a world where you have to get someone's attention in three seconds. It's just not the case with podcasting. Audiences are sticking around for up to an hour. You get to bring the human to your business. So when you listen to someone on a podcast, you hear the nuances of their story. You hear the way their energy changes. You hear the fluctuations in their voice. You hear vulnerable moments. You hear successful moments. And in that, I really believe for better or for worse that today we do business because of the founder. We want to feel connected to a brand, a business, a product, a service because of the story behind it, why it was started, what the vision is, how it gives back, all of the things that go beyond just a physical product or service. And being a guest on a podcast allows you to tell that bigger why, that bigger story, to inspire others to come into your circle, to buy your product, to sign up for your newsletter. I mean, it, can you guys put in the chat, for those who have started a business, run a business, or are thinking of starting a business, how, how inspirational and personal does your idea feel to you? Did you start a business because you were bored or did you start a business because it really means something to you? Because you want to step into your personal power, because you want to express a need in the market, because you couldn't find a solution that helped you and you wanted to change the world in this way. Very personal, straight from the heart. Direct reflection of your experience. All of it. Oh my God, incredibly important. It means everything. It's my third baby, fourth of you count, my husband. Oh my God, there was something missing in my industry. No representation for girly girls in STEM. You're, oh, Shannon, my life. Because I went through personal experiences and wanted to help other going through similar things. This is it right here. I feel it. I have chills. You women are like, you're connected to your why. And as women specifically, sure, we like to make money. Fuck yeah, we want to make money. But we want to make money because we feel connected to something. We don't do business because it's boring or dry or bland. We do business to make an impact. And that's part of why you do what you do is going to come across so beautifully as a podcast guest. And it's going to be the reason why people go follow you after listening to you, why they buy your book, why they sign up for your newsletter, why they become a client, whatever it is that you offer. Yep, I started it to make moms feel like they weren't alone and to be a friend who tells it like it is. Ugh, oh, this is like the big purpose behind business that just gets me every single time, which is why I like being around women because I feel like we, our why is so powerful at all times. So whew, I'm like a little, I got uh, very moved. I got very moved. So in addition to it being the most human and vulnerable and intimate way to expand your business and have an exposure strategy, it's also the highest and most accessible ROI of PR. You know, getting quoted in Forbes can do a lot for your business or it cannot do that much and it can really just go towards credibility. But as I said before, when it comes to pushing product or getting your book in front of new audiences, being a podcast guest is just that new form. And that's what I anticipated almost three years ago. And I'm very, very grateful that that anticipation came true. It's also evergreen content. So you can have a podcast published in January and someone could listen to it a year later. I listen to podcasts from 2019 all the time and experience and uh, not experience, discover new people. And so in that sense, it's not a one and done. People are going to be listening over time to that content, especially as that podcast grows. 
Okay. What's next? Okay. The fruits of your podcasting labor. This is a summary. You will develop a community to support your business that is more engaged and more foundational than an Instagram community. You will develop a network to help market your business. And this can also happen if you are a guest. Figure out how to network with that host. Host the interview. Are you going to share it more? Are you going to send them a handwritten note thanking them? How do you develop relationships with the hosts and the guests? Growth, you are going to be adding new members to your community and sales. It's a platform to sell your services or products. It is an exposure strategy. Okay, I think we're almost done. I think the next slide is doing the giveaway, but I just wanted to go over really quickly for anyone who is a hell yes and wanting to commit and invest in a podcast strategy. I wanted to give a really quick brief overview of our services at Scouts Agency. Danielle is going to put a couple links right now in the chat. Uh, the link to apply to work, uh, work with us to be one of our clients, as well as eventually in a second, the link to the giveaway. And we will also be emailing you all of these links. So don't feel the need to scramble and save it. This will be in your inbox, you know, 30 minutes to an hour after the session. So at Scouts Agency, if you have a podcast, we will book high-profile guests on your podcast. We have booked guests like Sophia Moroso, Amy Porterfield, Morgan Harper Nichols, uh, Jillian Michaels, Colby Calais, Brian Grazer, it goes on and on. Um, Ali Webb, we've booked all those people on our clients' podcasts. We do the podcast tour for women who are ready to be a guest on podcasts. We work with our clients on a four-month basis, and we average eight to 15 podcast opportunities per tour, which is really exciting because I always say it's quality and it's quantity when it comes to a podcast strategy. We do traditional PR for personal brands so they can get some more credibility and mass exposure. It's also a very well-known and valid strategy to kind of add into the mix for the woman who's really ready to take her personal brand to the next level. Uh, we also have some kind of one-off uh, services, which is a brand narrative and pitch building with myself where we work on about six week basis to build out your brand narrative and I create a custom pitch for you as well as an hour consulting strategy session. And then I just do one-off consulting and the team can also audit your podcast if you already have one and would like some expertise on how to up-level it, tweak it, fine-tune it, all of the things. So I'll let Danielle leave our intake form here. Again, it will be emailed to you. And you know what? Let's do some Q&A while all of this information is fresh into our minds. And then I will announce the giveaway. So if you want to put your question in the chat, if anybody had a question earlier, I want to repost it here. And then I will unmute you and we can go from there. Or you can just unmute yourself and ask whenever you feel most best. And we'll do the Q&A portion. Here we go. Sammy, is it possible to revive a podcast that has been inactive for almost a year or should I start over? I think you can definitely revive it. I think if you revive it, you're not starting from scratch in the sense that there is some brand recognition there, no matter how much of a community you had over there or not. I think there's a really exciting way to create a relaunch or a revival kind of strategy on Instagram and tell everybody that you're, that you're back and what to expect. I would just, since it was inactive for almost a year before you relaunch it, really get clear on your uh, commitment to what it's gonna look like. Is it every week, which is what I suggest, but if that's too much, at least doing every other week on a consistent basis, 
fleshing out what's going to be new about bringing it back versus what was, you know, in the past working on it. And that way you can communicate that, get a new photo shoot going, new pod art, uh, kind of give it a whole makeover. So yeah, I would definitely revive a podcast. And plus it'll be on the same feed. So if anybody subscribed to it, however long ago that you, you know, like last year, those people will get notified for when you have a new episode. So, you know, at least you're not starting completely over and you have that brand recognition as well as the people who already subscribed. For those of us who are prepping to start our own podcast, what would it take to get you as a guest? Shannon, it would take emailing Danielle who will put it into my calendar. Danielle, put your email down there. I would love to come on your podcast. Michelle, what is the difference between us directly pitching versus your agency? What advantages would we have using we have using you versus us doing it ourselves? Excellent question. So there's a couple pros or a lot of pros necessarily to working with our agency. One, we have you have a dedicated account manager who is pitching every single week. With that, we have an average of results that we see within four months. We also have an incredible connection with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. So we have a database that we have manually create of over 4,000 podcasts that we pull from. So the way we've streamlined the process, uh, it's just an easier process for us to do it on our end, as well as with the relationships that we've had. On average, we've been able to have highly successful tours for all of our clients, no matter what industry they're in. So one, we have the resources to go full force and like pump it out for you. Two, we have someone doing it every single week. And three, the reputation of our agency within the industry can bring in some pretty big opportunities that you might not have been able to get yourself. And then four, we use a, a very proprietary pitch template that we've created that are really, really uh, strategically effective with podcast hosts. We also understand the entire booking process. So when a client works with us, basically we work with them on their schedule, but once a date is agreed upon, it goes directly into the calendar. You know if it's video or audio, everything you need to know, and then we work on when it's going to be published and getting you the links. So in that sense, um, it's a streamline you get taken care of. Does that mean you can't do it on your own? You can totally do it on your own. I have some clients who maybe their budget isn't there to to bring on a full agency to do something, or they don't necessarily want the full scope of it and they want to try it out themselves. With that, I would recommend our six, my six-week brand narrative and pitch creation consulting session where I can create a pitch for you and create a strategy, and then you can have your team implement it. You know, it's a, it's more of a personal personal where you're at in your business, whether hiring an agency to do this or having your team do this. But with us, there's definitely, you know, a higher caliber of podcasts that come through. There's definitely a higher quantity that comes through and the process is extremely, extremely streamlined. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. Hold on. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta scroll up. Okay. Okay. Do, do, do. Okay, Caitlin, when launching a new podcast, is there a sweet spot for how many episodes you should release or a schedule you should be on for posting? Beautiful question. Schedule you should be on for posting, in my opinion, is once a week, but I always say consistency is king. So if you can only commit to every other week, then do that. But I really, really want to challenge you to do once a week. Oh, hi, Caitlin. There's your pretty face. Um, and then sweet spot for how many episodes you should release. So 
I, you know, I think people are in different camps. I'm of the camp of you release a trailer, an intro. Your first episode should be a solo intro episode where you talk about who you are, why you're here, uh, why this podcast, you started it, what to expect, because what me and my sister saw was everyone kept going back to listen to our first episode when they would find us. And thank God it's a solo episode between the two of us, because if they keep going back to your first episode and it's an interview, they don't really get the opportunity to know about you. So I always launch with a trailer with the first episode being a solo episode, talking about you, your story and what to expect. And then if you also want to launch that day with the second episode, I think it's a great move as well for your first interview so that people can kind of get an all around taste of what to expect. And for everyone, do you all find ads? being beyond annoying on podcasts I always skip them Michelle yes I totally hear you ads are very annoying on podcasts I skip through them too unless sometimes like if I'm going to a specific wellness podcast I know that their ads are going to have some supplements or products that I might want so there's some podcasts that I do listen to the ads but I really I really um am challenging the the perspective around ads I had someone say well you know that's great that you don't have ads when me and Mads did it because then it's better for the community but at the same time look at ads as a way that the podcaster who is putting in constant free value work as a way that supports the podcast so you get to listen to it for free but I totally hear you I just like reminding myself that when I am annoyed by how many ads there are in an episode those ads make it possible for me to get that content for free Okay, Caroline, I have been doing my podcast bi-weekly instead of weekly because I feel like that is, because I feel like that is what I can handle at the moment. Do you think I should set a goal to start doing them weekly? Caroline, I think that what you did is perfect because what you can handle, and as I said, consistency is so much more important than having something done weekly. If a podcast listener knows that every other Monday you'll have an episode and they and you consistently deliver, you develop a really great sense of trust with your community. That being said, you will dive into your community's routine on a much more consistent basis if you do do it weekly. Because sometimes you're like, wait, do they have an episode last week or is it the week before? So whenever you feel comfortable with being able to be consistent with a once a week thing, I would, I recommend switching over to that. And some ways to make sure that that happens is to batch content, uh, batch content and get really comfortable with solo episodes in case an interview falls through, et cetera. Scout, who is your ideal client and not so ideal? That is a great question. I, ah, God, I love that question. Okay. My ideal client. <sighs> Is someone, you know, we represented women across all industries at all levels of their career, but it's somebody who has a foundation already set up. So whether that's their services out there in the world, the products out there in the world, they have a great website, they have something that's going at, uh, our clients can't come to us and I don't think it'll work as successfully if we are the ones kind of like that first push for them. There has to be a business foundation laid out or they've been a podcast host for a while. So there has to be some sort of a brand and business foundation um, already present. As far as not so ideal, I, you know, I want to say things like, I would just say it's someone who's not 
ready with the foundation of their business. That's really it. We represent women in the spiritual space. We represent women in the business space and the health and wellness space and the beauty space and the fashion space. So the industry is not so much. It's more of where is this client in their career is bringing us on too early of an investment for them. I am really, really vocal about that. A lot of times female entrepreneurs will start something and I know that I know their budget to get this project created and they want to dump their resources in us. I don't think that's the right move. I think having a little bit of a foundation going to create uh, or to have a PR podcast support is the ultimate way because at the end of the day, PR and the results that come from it and being on a podcast are so subjective and range per client. So uh, the client that wants to put all their eggs into our service always makes me feel a little bit uneasy because I don't necessarily think that's the best strategy for them. So I would just say my ideal client is a female entrepreneur who has a base of a foundation in her business, who's been around for three to six months at least, and has a really great brand identity and knows where she wants to go. That would be my ideal client. Okay. Is there a best day to publish new episodes? You know what? That's an excellent question that's uh, asked a lot in the podcast industry. I am biased. I think Monday is the best. This is when we post OKSIS. Because that's when people start their weeks. And I think there's something really special about knowing that someone's going to start their week with you. I think that's also um, a little bit more of an emotional connection, right? If someone's like, Monday, I'm going to listen to this podcast in the morning to get my week going versus a Wednesday listen or a Thursday listen just maybe doesn't feel as impactful to me. So that is my bias. People don't really publish on the weekends. I know a couple pods that do it, but it's mostly Monday through Friday. Okay iPhone, I need to know what your name is. But you said, I wanted to start a podcast for years and years, and I'm finally ready to take the leap. I even bought all the equipment already and have figured out the how. Now I'm just stuck figuring out the rest. It's just me solo, and I don't have a specific subject, focus, or business I'm trying to promote. My Instagram is 2.5 thousand followers, so not a ton, but I have a very engaged community and post on there. Everything from vegan lifestyle tips to motherhood and pop culture. It's very general lifestyle trying to figure out how to translate that into a podcast. My goal is to entertain, inspire, and have a variety of meaningful conversations about all kinds of things that IG format just doesn't allow for. For someone in this stage, what should my first step be? I think your first step is writing out five topics that you are passionate about that you want to dive into on a deeper way, and then figuring out a couple women or men to interview that support those topics that you really want to go into. Starting a podcast with a very specific knowing of how it's going to be and where your sweet spot is and exactly what you're talking about, if that's stopping you from launching, launch anyways. It will come as you record episode after episode and publish and see the feedback of which episodes people like more. You'll be able to flesh out a little bit more of what your niche is and what you stand for and your point of view. I think that if you have an engaged audience, 2.5,000 is great. You know, I had less when I started OKC's podcast. So I would say to pick the top five topics that you're curious about and passionate about and can speak from personal experience, find about three to four guests who can speak on any one of those topics, interview them, publish it, and then work on one solo episode. And what would that solo episode really talk about if you only had an hour to communicate something to your new prospective audience? Yeah. I would say if trying to figure out what it really looks like is stopping you, you don't have to figure it out. I would just 
start and see what feels good and then chase the things that are working. Scout, I'm curious how you decide on content for solo episodes. Oi, 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 oi. You know what? Content creators, I'll be real, man. Like coming up with stuff every week can be challenging. So I have a notes app and you know we all have the notes app in our iphone if you have an iphone i have a note that's type content ideas and so whenever something comes into my head that i'm really excited about or whenever i hear someone say something or when i read something in a book that really resonates to business i'll just put it in there and so i have a list of like 10 to 15 content ideas at all times that i can reference and really tap into which one i feel the best with what is your preferred host site? I use Podbean, but I'm really starting to dislike it. I recommend Red Circle or Libsyn. Right now we're on Megaphone, but I think that Spotify is in, a, you have to be on a network to access it. But I know Libsyn is one that's very well used in the podcast industry. And I like Red Circle because they also have an integrated ad kind of an agency into it. So once you hit, I think over 10,000 downloads, you're eligible for them to start putting ads into your podcast. If we apply to work with you, can we start at a later date, i.e. apply now, but start in February and March? Yes, Sierra, definitely. We just solidify your uh, start date. You put down a deposit. We have the contract. We schedule your onboarding call, and we're good to go in February or March. I'm excited to hear from you. Okay, that was awesome. Oh, one more. Okay, starting a fashion podcast with a magazine I work with, and we mainly want to have conversations with other people in the industry besides having an intro trailer episode when first launching, do you think it's important to consistently have solo episodes in addition to having regular interview episodes? Really good, really good question. So since the podcast is, from what I understand, started from a magazine that you work with, I would say the magazine has to get pretty clear on what their goals are when it's a company podcast versus a personal brand podcast. I always like to think of do what's the goal is it to get people to the magazine or is it get people to know the founder on a deeper level i would my first initial reaction is that it's to get people to read the magazine so if there is solo episodes i would make them between co-workers or editors and someone they shot as an editorial to kind of give people more of a behind the scenes look as to what it is to work in the magazine versus building an authentic relationship with the founder of the magazine per se. Sammy, do you recommend having a video element to your podcast? The bane of my existence, people. I started in the podcast industry, so I didn't have to show my face. And now I got to put it on TikTok all the time. So having a video element to your podcast is recommended today just because the search engine of TikTok and Reels is so powerful, the discoverability. But Really, I'm always of the camp of if that doesn't feel aligned to you, it's not going to translate anyways, and it's going to be additional work, additional energy that's not really going to feel fulfilling to you in the long run. So if you're great on video, yeah, put your podcast on video and reels, YouTube, et cetera. But if you want to hide and never be on video again, um, do what feels right for you. Okay. Do you worry candidness on podcasting can affect a professional reputation? <sighs> Kate, we could talk all day long. Have you heard OKSIS podcast? Have you heard what I say on that, on that podcast? This is something I think about all the time, right? Can I talk about some taboo personal things on a podcast and be a professional businesswoman? Can I talk about mental illness and be a professional businesswoman? And I'll be very candid with you. I do both and it's never affected me. If it makes someone uncomfortable, they don't need to work with me. End of story. 
Who you are is who you are. Of course. Am I going to go into a call with a client and tell her the depths of my mental illness? No, time and space. But if she listens to an OK Says podcast episode where I don't even want to say it here because this is a professional setting where I'm talking about who knows what and that makes her uncomfortable, then she's not the person to work with me. I think today, especially as women getting into business and really rising in business, we get the opportunity to determine what that means for us and what our relationship is. We don't have to hide and have two separate complete selves. We are smart enough to understand professional courtesy and to understand you know, time, place, meeting, et cetera. But I'm a big proponent and it can be uncomfortable. If you want to be a certain way on the internet, that does not diminish how great you are at your job. You can be both. Okay. Do you have any video editing resources? Yes. Swell. Swell podcasting. Um, and I have a code for you guys because I work with them so much. I made them give me a code so you can all get a little bit of percentage off. Um, but if you just Google Swell Podcasting and then my code is Scout15, I'll send it over to you. Okay. Whew. Wow. You guys are awesome. This is like, this is amazing. Okay, everybody. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel, Scouts Agency at Scouts Agency. Okay. That's nice, Looney. And I will talk to you guys soon. Bye, everybody. I hope this episode has landed with you in the perfect timing that you need it. I hope that it gives you the courage to chase after your dreams and purpose. If you are so willing, I would be honored if you would text this episode to a friend, if you would rate the podcast five stars and write a review, and follow me on Instagram at Scout Sobel. Over there, you can find links to sign up for my newsletter, which is also in the show notes, and get involved in all of my offerings, from Scout's agency to OKSIS podcast to this podcast. If you're looking for a deeper dive of my work, you can find my debut book, The Emotional Entrepreneur on Amazon. I am so appreciative you are here and I will see you on the next episode.